It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Hi. Hi. Hi, Lovey. Hi, Lovey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you feeling? Ah, uh, better. That's good. Much. It's Thanks been a, to you. It's been a tough month. It's been a fucked up month. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you look great. <clears throat> Thank, oh, no, I don't. You do. Thank you for saying that. You do. You do. Question. Here's what we're going to talk about. You ready? Uh, no. Are uh, you ready? Okay. Oh, uh -huh. Are you ready to unload? Oh, okay. Are you ready? Are you prepared to unload? What are you talking about? And I about? say that in the therapeutic sense, meaning unloading your baggage, your issues, your problems, your dilemmas. Certainly. Good. Good. Get with the program. Because well, we've all been there, well, except for you, apparently. You've never sat on a couch. You've never been on, in a therapist's office. I haven't. Doesn't mean I'm not deserving of one or... I, find, I think you're the only person I know that's never, ever been to therapy. I can't be true. Really? Everybody I know has been to therapy at some point in their life. Oh! Except for you. Well, Come on. Why is that so strange? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think What it, is wrong with you? Yes, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I must have so many things wrong with me because it's never been analyzed. Well, guess what? So, but, Your time has come. Mm -hmm. The day has come. You're about to be analyzed. Uh, you, uh, uh, we, I said I'm sorry, so shut up. Okay. I do forgive you. But I still am marveling at the fact that you've never been to therapy. Over anything? Not one little tiny thing with your parents? Your Nothing? Family? Girlfriends? Nothing? No. Did you ever go, hmm, I've got a problem I think I need? Even business? How about business-wise? No, I've had, you know, questions and have been mentored by people in that regard. But there was a time when I think I was ready to go talk to somebody, and I did, but it wasn't a therapist. It was kind of a consortium of a few people about things. And but you've, you've never, like, gone and unpacked and just sort of let it all out and vented and just bared your soul and bleh. No, but I do it every night with you. <laughs> And every well, yeah, week I do on the with show. You too. Well, you know what? Thank God and for you. So this show has been a little bit of ability to expose what I am and where I've come from, and you know. Well, you know what? Good for you. You know, you're solid, stable. You're, I guess. I don't know. I mean, any... I guess you are perfect. I say uh, it no, all the time, not but at all, it's. Yeah, boring. You, I mean, how many times do we say to people? our audience, our guests, people that come on the show, that pain and suffering, you know what? It's part of the human experience. It's the human condition. And it is nothing to be ashamed of. Right. It is a beautiful thing. It gives you character. I say it all the time and texture. It gives you something to sink your teeth into. Yes. I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. I'm a big fan. Of therapy. I am. I'm a huge fan of it. Although, although I know you have some... Mm, I'm not, you're not a... 
disbeliever, but you're not exactly a total believer, a true believer. And I do agree with you on some things. Like, I think that it's great um, for not super long-term treatment, because I think it's, and you say this to me all the time, that talking about things tend to give it power. And it tends to give, and I, I do agree, that at some point, well, when you talk about something, you give it life. And sometimes it's better just to kind of put it away, okay. file it, burn it, bury it, and be done with it, and let's deal with it. Okay. I agree. I do think that, you know, talking about something, you can sort of border into ruminating and perseverating, and those are not good. What's that word? Perseverating? Perseverating. It's when you you linger on something too much, too long, and then it, it takes on a life of its own. However, you and I heal differently, and I think there is great positive catharsis in being able to talk about whatever it is. That's the venting. That is where you get your, your support and your validation or your confirmation. But I think at some point, you do need to take it to the next level. You need, you need to seek out professional help. Because if you're not healing quick enough, if you are still kind of stewing, that's your sign that you need to take it up a notch. I would rather see you get that professional help than to discuss things that happen you know, with all of your social circle. There's a time and place where you have to be able to say to yourself, I cannot do this alone, okay? Not the help of my friends, not the counsel of my family, not the, you know, the input of my mentors or, uh uh-uh. You need professional help. And I know when that is. And I seek it out. I just did. A hypnotherapy. Okay, yes, you did go see him. Which I love, by the way. I have a great guy here in L.A. He is so constructive. He is no bullshit. And I get a lot out of it. And listen, it only works if you work it. What's the old saying? That's what they say in the program. It works if you work it. You've got to be open to it. You've got to be able, you've got to be equipped and sort of braced for the hard truths that you're probably going to face. But wow, is it a great tool for for growth. Well, we are going to get into that today, aren't we? All about Yeah, if I don't kill you first. Well, that might be something for us to discuss with the Well, you know, hello, this is not therapy. We're not in therapy. This is not the Trevor and Robbie problem hour (laughs) i think it is how long have you had these feelings of wanting to off me (laughs) about 10 minutes ago (laughs) really Hmm. yes okay our guest today is the woman of the hour we're not going to talk about our stuff well maybe we will but okay so we will but we're going to talk about the value and benefits of therapy okay because that is really and there's just so much to unload and unpack and address and we're going to do it and we are not sitting on a couch no we're not but maybe we will end up sitting on a couch (laughs) after this episode well we only have a minute to go in this segment we will bring our guest on in the beginning of the next segment okay fantastic but uh prepare for impact we we do have a lot to talk about and i guess we do have things to unload yep and load up with sure 
Who doesn't? Because there is value here. And we preach this because we know that you know, even if I haven't gone for it, I do see the benefit of people seeking this type of professional help because I know that it is helpful. And if and when I ever get to that point where I need it, I know I can get it. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's great. I've done it all my life, sort of at different points with different people. Okay. And it all brought me to here right now with you, okay? A incredibly self-illuminated, fantastic human being. Okay. <laughs> well, we are going to go to our first break. Okay. And who's our guest today? Jenny Tegrotenheis. Very good. Did I do it? Well, you did it. Hopefully it's... Okay. It worked. So we will be right back after this. And we are back. And we are going to introduce our guest. Wonderful. Or at least I am. Jenny Tegrotenheis. I love her last name. It's beautiful. Jenny facilitates changed lives. A psychotherapist in Washington State, her gifts blend wisdom with wit and neuroscience and kind connection. As a certified Gottman therapist and certified clinical trauma professional, Jenny sees clients in her private practice and helps people from all over the world by distance therapy. She loves to connect with readers through her writing for Thrive Global, that's where I found her, by the way, and the Gottman Institute's relationship blog. Jenny has been married for 32 years to wow. Ward. Is he a little hard on the beer sometimes? <laughs> um, they seem to have they seem to have very little in common except for the tenacity to stick together and create a life they love. Their shared aspiration is to make someone laugh every day, which we do too, especially one another. But do not ask her about the time Ward shaved his eyebrows, which of course we're going to. Together they raised three sons and now have two daughters-in-law. As a family of seven adults, they get together when they can and share deep commitment to strong hugs, warm conversations, hikes in nature, and good coffee. Yeah. Right on. Recently, Jenny and her husband have been taking dance lessons. So have we. And pondering travel adventures. They enjoy kayaking and share one cranky old cat named Jack. Oh, I love Jack. When Jack kicks the bucket, though, they are going to plan to grieve and then go out and buy new furniture. And maybe a new cat. Jenny is a cancer survivor and a practitioner of yoga, mindfulness, and centering prayer. She's dedicated to staying healthy through exercise, eating clean, and having fun. She loves to share what has helped her and her clients thrive. Welcome, Jenny. Jenny? <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. I am here. <laughs> okay. We thought you left us. What a great intro. Great bio. Isn't it? Yes. I it's very authentic. So let's talk about the shaved eyebrows and Jack and everybody else. We just want to get in, right into that. Guys, you know, I, I thought I had revised my, my bio and I, I was supposed to take out the part about the shaved eyebrows. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay because, we you know. Some things are meant to be, and I'm a, a really believer in a just kind of roll with it kind of thing. So, yeah, this is just so funny. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so we're, we're, you know how you have your grooming rituals, right? Yes. So, so, so my beloved has a, a grooming ritual that he just does 
on autopilot with a little, uh, like one of those little shaver things where you have, he has a little beard and he trims and, and such. And then he has these wild hairs that come, you know, shooting out of his eyebrows now, right? Because mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. getting up there, right? Mm-hmm. So he was chatting. We were chatting at our sinks getting ready one morning and he's telling me a joke or something. We're just chatting away. And then he goes, because I just shaved off my eyebrows, <laughs> like just like that, because he had the wrong clipper on oh, no. beard. And then he, he was supposed to be trimming and you know, he got distracted. We do that. It was so cute. He's so adorable. It didn't matter. I just said, you know, I don't think anybody's going to notice. Mm-hmm. And it, no one has. And now the whole world knows. Oh, so it, it's oh. okay. Well, <laughs> you kind of um, kept, kept the story alive. You gave it a life, yes. an afterlife. It's what we were talking about it. in the first segment. <clears throat> Can I now talk about the time Robbie shaved his balls? <laughs> <laughs> that time? <laughs> He was just distracted. He wasn't paying attention. We were laughing in the bathroom, and all of a sudden, it just happened. Okay. All right, let's get back to business. Jenny, you listened. Okay. Jenny, you heard our opening act, and um, I'm I'm sure you have thoughts about it, and let them rip. I think you guys are awesome. And Treva, I was listening to you, you describe your passion and your conviction about therapy. And, and how important it is. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's okay, Robbie, that you haven't done a lot of therapy because not everybody needs to do the work with a therapist, but the work has been done. You have been growing. You've been on a growth and healing trajectory, I can tell. And that's just good. And that's what therapy can do for people. So are you saying that you can heal oneself in this? Yeah, I think you can, um, but I think really good healing is interpersonal. and um, But definitely being real attuned to yourself, knowing what you need, knowing your limits, but being able to share that with other people and be really genuine, that's what's important. And a lot of people need a professional to help them get there. I agree. I don't want to say when all else fails. I want to say it's a great supplement. When maybe you've gone as far as you can on your own, you know, maybe Robbie read enough self-help books or he attended this or he listened to that or, you know, what, I mean, we both, and especially since doing this podcast is, I mean, me, I have a growth mindset and I am totally committed to improvement on every level. And I think that, you know, he's probably been inspired by me a little bit, but I do think that even with all the the content and stuff that I read and I do, yeah, sometimes you got to bring in the big guns. Right. I think that I heard you once on another episode describe it as like exercise, right? You could hire a personal trainer if you really, really need to get in shape. Somebody else might be able to, you know, be fit enough just to go for a few jogs and get on their bike and get themselves in shape. Mm -hmm. We're coming from different places. And that's true emotionally, you know, physically. So, yeah. Well, there's also the motivation factor, I think, by having a professional guide you through this. And that's something that I don't think, you know, most of us are equipped to do on our own. So when you use the analogy of, uh, you know, exercise or workout as a trainer, that trainer is going to guide you to get to where you want to go quicker. 
than if you were going to do it on your own. So very similar, I think, to a therapist is going to hear your issues and hopefully correct what is correctable. Right. I mean, what's the, there's really no difference. You hire a trainer to achieve your physical goals. Why not okay, so hire my, a professional to achieve your Well, my, 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 I guess my first question, and I'm going to be a, not a, a, a naysayer here, but I, I, when you hear about people that have gone for therapy for you know, 10, 20 years, is that something that there's just no end to their need to have therapy in their lives? Or is there an end game there for them? It really depends. Everybody's different. I do think that there are certain situations, high levels of maybe a childhood trauma, uh, mental illness, and, you know, higher levels of stress where that person needs the stability and the healthy reflection pretty consistently. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe 20 years or so. I am a bit skeptical that that's that's necessary for most people. And that's not usually the way that I work because I really believe that inside all of us, we have a healthy self. We have the essence of us that wants to do well, that wants to be healthy. And I think a really good therapist who has good skills is going to help you find that and strengthen that essence of you, that self that can continue taking you in a positive life direction. So to follow up on Ravi's question, is there such a thing as spending too much time on the couch? Yeah, I don't want to say no. I, I Because I like I said, I think there are people that definitely need that. But on the other hand, I think think it can be just spinning your wheels. It really depends on the therapist. It depends on their skills. Uh, there's a, you know, you can get codependent with a therapist. They're, they might be getting some of their needs met through this relationship, and that's really unhealthy. You know, I always have my antennas up when I hear somebody's been with the same therapist, especially for a long time. Question, a related question. It kind of reminds me, I used to take a lot, well, not a lot of, but I've taken a few screenwriting classes when I wanted to learn how to write a script. And I think I took two, maybe two and a half. And it always kind of boggled the mind how many people were in there and not written a single word, but kept taking class after class after class. Like they needed, I don't know what they needed. And they weren't putting it into practice. They just kept taking classes thinking that, I don't know, like it's kind of like codependent on your teacher or something. I don't know. It just it's, There's sort of, uh, to me, a connection there between feeling on, like you can't go out into the world and actually put your, your skills into practice. Yeah, that's right. I love it when my, when my clients don't need me anymore. Like they're just so happy that they forget that that they have me on their schedule and they and they don't show up because oh my gosh I was having a great life, <laughs> you know that makes me happy. That's what I want for them. That makes me happy too. We have to go to our second break. Okay. So let's do that right now, and then we'll be back with more from Jenny to Hoytenheis. That is not how you pronounce what? it. What is Jenny? How was that? I think that was fine, Robbie. That's just not how I say it. Tegrotenhuis. Yes. <laughs> what? I think that's it. Was that better? 
We're going to practice oh, for the next... I feel terrible. We're going to practice during the break. All right, we'll come back. <laughs> right back. And we are back. Jenny, I'm curious, have you ever kicked someone out? Or have you... Not kicked someone out, but have you ever said, okay, you're done, you're fully cooked, and you're ready to graduate. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. That happens. And, you know, usually it's good. Sometimes we just get to the end of my skills where I, I may feel I've helped them as much as I can. And I suggest maybe they try a different form of therapy or take a break. And that can happen. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to, to heal everybody's life 100%. You know, I'm a, I'm a step on their journey. That's healthy. You're, you're sort of a hands-off when you need to be I like therapist. That. I think that's a nice You're like nice me, way to be. you know. I I kind of feel that way. Yeah. I I give them guidance and support. Eventually, I guess you want them to I mean in my fitness uh, life because I'm a trainer as well. I mean, I love that they're with me a long time. I have clients that have been with me since the beginning. We're talking 15, 16 years. It's fantastic, but maybe the goal is to eventually have them say to me, bye-bye, I'm ready to fly the nest and do my own thing. I don't know. I, I think it's a little different uh, when you're talking about physical training as opposed to psychological training in that your clients really are motivated by you and they, they kind of need that to get going and you're so good at that. So because of that, they don't want to stop and you don't want them to stop. It's a, it's a healthy yeah, relationship yeah. at that point. There's nothing... You're not past the yeah, well, point. It, the shelf life isn't over, and right. Well, I think they usually come with a come in with a goal, like they do with Jenny. You know, I want to, and I'm going to ask. Let, let's just move on to the next question, Jenny. If a single person came to you, let's just say with commitment or attachment issues, what would be your course of action for them? I would want to give them a lot of healthy reflection to be just kind of a healthy mirror for them for a while to try to find out what's going on. I use some therapy modalities that work in the nervous system. We've got some pretty cool neuroscience now about how we can do some work on trauma, inner child healing. So usually I'd get a good timeline of their life. I'd find out what traumas they had that they might remember. We'd see how their body responds. We'd look at what gets activated in current social situations and just kind of work with that body-mind picture using the therapy tools. So it's kind of, I, I describe it to people as like if you're going to physical therapy, you're going to have some changes happen there. I do some work and the client does some work. They may or may not feel the change happen right there in my office. But just like if you went to a physical therapist, you're going to start walking and moving differently in the world. And, and that's what they notice. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? When you see change, when you see growth and improvement, isn't it fantastic? I love it. So Jenny, our show has caused a lot of friends and people that we know that come to us with issues and things. And we see a lot of interesting things that we wouldn't normally see. And some of them in relationship issues that they're having, and they repeat patterns. They're going after the same person without realizing it. And there's only so much that we're able to offer. What is it that you can bring to this table for them? Oh, that's such a great question. So, you know, I'm describing working with the body. And there are different 
modalities. So I won't go into exactly what I do in my office, but, but with some of these therapies now, what we can do is find that the body actually holds scripts or beliefs. It's, uh, it's felt. It's a, it even has like a words to it, something like, I have to be a giver in order to receive love. I have to make the sacrifice if I'm going to get what I need. Um, that's an example of a script. Someone may be unconsciously following that script, but the body feels it is true. And it usually comes from a younger, wounded part of us. And then that gets re-traumatized or re-wounded in each you know, relationship. It really just deepens the script or the pattern. So yeah, we see these relationship patterns all the time. And in therapy, what we do is we help the client to start to notice it. But then with our tools, we can actually get in there and activate that neural network and actually make some changes to strengthen that person's core, to help them connect better to their healthy self and bring some healing to that wounded that wounded part. Do you find that people just are at their wits end? By the time they walk into your office, they must be at their wits end or they must have, or they're bottoming out. Do you find that? Yeah. Right? I mean, like when uh, I get back to when all else fails or this is a last ditch effort or I mean, I... And I give so much credit to those people because it takes, it takes balls to seek therapy. It takes a lot of courage. It's not easy. It's scary. Which brings me to my next question. How do you, Robbie just rolled his eyes. Is this one of those multi-part questions? No, this is know? my for, oh, only part question. But I did a little pre, little, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. intro to my question. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much. I forgot my question. Thanks, Robbie. Can't do that to a menopausal uh, you, podcaster. You were, I gave you a look, but I didn't break it up. Uh, well, you did. Menopausal podcasters, Tuesday at 7. <laughs> well, Shit. Well, come on. About stigma. How do you remove the shame or stigma of therapy for people? They must come in with their tail between their legs and really not wanting to be there. How do you get them to open up and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I just think it's so important for them to feel the safety. One of the things I usually tell all my clients is that I've been in their chair. I've been on the other side of this conversation. I've been in couple therapy with my husband more than once and also just my own individual therapy. I've done my own work. And I just think for one thing that always makes a better therapist but it also normalizes their situation. You know, I, I've been in a lot of emotional pain and and I am on the other side of it. I'm not in it right now. And because it's, you know, it's it's a tough world, things happen, stuff can happen, but I don't get completely sidetracked if, if something hurtful occurs. Uh, I'm able to, to get right back on. So... Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I tell them, and I think that helps. We kind of are on the same plane. Right. And I, I don't think that they're, you know, you know, living in L.A., we're probably, you know, jaded or something, but I don't think there is a stigma here because so many people do 
embrace therapy and are going and it's a normal part of well in this uh, town that's what i'm saying is it it seems to be a normal part of everybody's lives got my therapist i'm seeing tomorrow it's accepted so it is is here more more so as well and i love that and um, many of my clients especially younger ones they love the self-care aspect of it and i love it when i get a couple for example when they're young and you know, maybe they're not married, but they want to just get started seeing if they can work out things. And uh, I just love that. So there is that. For me, I found it so, so helpful when either I had a goal and I was having problems attaining it, or I was procrastinating, or there was some fear around uh, pursuing the goal. And then the other times when I would seek out therapy was after a breakup. After a breakup, wow, that was like emergency 411, not 411, 911 triage, emotional triage. I I would just go running with my hair on fire to the nearest therapist's office because there was something about breakups to me that dredged up every single issue, unresolved you know, open wound that I ever had. It just kept ripping the scab and then healing the scab. But it was so crucial to my healing. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I'm just... I think what what you're (laughs) describing makes so much sense. I mean, rejection is the number one most painful human emotion. And I mean, it's just intolerable. And it's an assault on our brainstem to have a relationship not work. And yeah, it's a trauma. So it makes sense. A therapist would be a great place to go in that situation. How do you know if you're seeing the right therapist for your issues? Great question. Yeah, that is a good question. First of all, I think, you know, every single one of us, we're going to be different. So I think it's really smart to make sure you do have a good connection. And if you really kind of buy in or, or, or jive with that, that modality, uh, like I'm a Gottman therapist and a lot of my clients find me because they've read the, the Gottman material, uh, the books, and they understand already what's going on in their relationship from that perspective, which can be great. I think the best therapists, like I said before, are the ones who've done their own work. I mean, a person can go to college and pass a licensure exam and have an office and seem very smart, but they are not necessarily going to make a great connection with you, with your heart. It's a, it's a really uh, important thing to be aware of attunement. Are we attuned? Do we really feel heard and felt and seen? by our therapist that's a good therapist i agree Mm -hmm. i've had some shitty ones have you yeah i have uh and you you kind of intuitively know who you mesh with immediately and if you don't you 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 got to get out it's good to know not that you'll ever know because well i sure might i don't know this is therapy for us we're on it we're in it right now okay doesn't it feel good? Wonderful. Admit it. You kind of love it. I don't mind it. Okay. But we have to go to our third break right now. Okay. So we're going to do that, and we'll be right back. So, Jenny, you mentioned that rejection is probably the hardest issue for humans to contend with. 
tough yeah. subject you see a lot. What about what about jealousy? Well, yeah, isn't that an interesting observation? Jealousy is really the threat of rejection. It's an expression of of that fear that uh, someone is going to be chosen and I'll be rejected. Yeah. Is that systemic of an insecurity within the person that's feeling jealous? Well, I think everybody's jealousy, like any other emotion, it's going to be different. And what I believe about emotion is that it always makes sense. It is there for a reason. And that reason is probably unique to that person and their story. So that they need to take up with their therapist. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. All right, Jenny. That was a very good question, though, because I often wonder about jealousy and creeps in it really does and it, it causes so much um, harm and pain Jenny now I, I need your I need your thoughts on this because I definitely have thoughts on the following when a couple not a married couple just boyfriend and girlfriend struggling in their relationship go want to go to therapy say the the girlfriend wants to bring her boyfriend into therapy. They're not married, they're not engaged, they're just functioning and existing in a relationship and one of the partners isn't happy. Do you think that is a really bad omen? I think that's just like, to me, when I hear of a couple going into, just a boyfriend, girlfriend going into therapy, that means it's like doomed. Is it for their issues or her, her, she's acknowledging that she has issues that she wants to talk about, but she wants to bring her partner in with her like there's oh we're not getting closer to marriage or we're not i don't know um we're not getting along let's go to therapy i just think that is a bad signal that things it's never going to work it's no do you think that going in as a couple yeah it sounds like uh what you're describing is what some people believe is going to happen is we're going to just get a therapist to fix you that's what we think is going to happen and so that does people show up in my office like that hoping i'm going to fix their partner in some way if they're not married and and they want to come to therapy though i welcome them i think that's great that's probably indicative that that relationship is moving into a new stage and that could be a very healthy thing to see if you make it through maybe past the falling in love limerent stage and see if you can make it into the trust building stage of a relationship, which is where you're going to have to wrestle some things out and define the boundaries. And and therapy can be great in helping you do that. And then you might learn after that if you're ready for a commitment or not. And so I'm okay with that. But yeah, it's definitely not, I'm not a judge and I'm not here to fix somebody's partner. And, and some people do hope that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I experienced that. I had a boyfriend that it was just really hard and it was always a struggle. And I kept saying, we need therapy. We need to go to therapy. And then I realized, no, we don't. I need to get out of this relationship because yeah. uh, he is dragging his feet and I, I probably already have my answer. And I just thought, and then I've seen that in other couples where they think they need one of the one party needs therapy or they what thinks they need therapy. And I always go, oh, well, it also doesn't good sound sign. good if, <clears throat> if you have to drag somebody 
yeah. that is an unwilling participant yes. into this. Square peg, round hole. So that might also be a red flag. Right. You don't need therapy. You need to, yeah. you know, get the hell out. Okay. You ready for it? We have yeah. a question okay, so, from a listener. So I went on Reddit and I posted a question about if you could vent, if you had like a free session with a therapist and you could vent your issues about your love life, what would you say? What would you address? We did get a response, and I, I want you to comment on it. Okay, Jenny? Sure. I don't know who this person is, but they wrote in with the following. It's a little long, so stay with me here, okay? All right, here's the problem. I broke up with my now ex because he had been very inconsistent and flaky for a while, and I tried very hard to make it work, but he refused to work with me, and I had had enough. He really wanted to stay friends, and I didn't want to lose him as a friend either, so I agreed. Problem is, no matter what I say, he seems so believe we're meant to be. It was love at first sight on his part, and he thinks that we will find our way back to each other, quote, once he sorts his shit out. I've told him it's not going to happen, and he respects that, but he doesn't believe I mean it because he can apparently sense that we have this spark that he hasn't felt with anyone else. I haven't felt it with anyone else other than him either, but I tried to work for our relationship when he didn't, and now it's too late. Honestly, he's more consistent and wants to talk to me more often than he did when we were together, and it's kind of bothering me. I don't want to tell him I'm dating others. It just seems cruel, but I don't know what to say to him to make him understand that I'm moving on, whether we are, quote, soulmates or not. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, there's just a lot in there, isn't there? Mm. Wow. So basically, in a nutshell, this this writer has moved on, is dating others, and there's no hope for this guy, right? Mm. So I think that is uh, a boundary problem. There are a couple boundary problems in there. Boundaries are just our limits, what I will and will not do, what, what's true, what isn't true. And this couple, they haven't exposed their boundaries to one another. At least the, the writer hasn't exposed all of her boundaries. It's like having a fence that is invisible. You know, the guy doesn't know where she ends and uh, where his hope begins, which he doesn't have any. So the kind thing to do is to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And this guy isn't free until he actually accepts the truth. Um, it sounds like the the writer has had a hard time with truth as well. Right. Yeah. No, it sounds like it's touching on what we talked about earlier, which is rejection and right. probably some jealousy because I think that when you know that somebody you've been broken up with and that person's moving on and you've tried dating somebody and you haven't achieved that spark with somebody new, you can't help but revert back to the person that you last had that spark with and you miss it and you crave it and you want it back again and you'll try to be different this time, but the other person's moved on. So yeah. Just... And so, so it sounds like because every time she tries to go, it's like advance retreat, advance retreat. She threatens to go and he's like, okay, okay, I want in. I don't go, don't go. I love you. I'll behave. But then they get back together and he's not doing the job. It he's sounds gotta, like he's, he's got some on. intimacy or commitment issues and he doesn't want to lose her. 
So I guess what is that, that dating term? Uh, it's not, it's breadcrumbing, it's benching, is it cookie jarring? When a guy or when a woman kind of just keeps throwing just enough bait in the water to keep you swimming. Yeah, yeah. What is that? It's, I guess, all of the above, right? It sounds like breadcrumbing. I don't know. But yeah, looking like some unhealthy bonding patterns there. See, people bond through conflict and trauma and things like that that increase our desire. But yet it's really not healthy. So that's why it's kind of cruel not to really tell the truth here and to give false hope. But yeah, I have seen this happen and it's a kind of like an addiction in the brain. You know, the, the brain gets addicted to that kind of rejection and then acceptance and no hope and then hope and, and that can be really chaotic. It's, it's unhealthy and it keeps people from growing. I'm not a big fan of this, yeah. of what's going on here. I, I want to encourage her to really come clean and just, you know, kindly tell the truth. Give him a nice truth sandwich, you know, one really lovely positive comment, like, you know, you mean so much to me, I'll always treasure our history together. Then here's the truth, there's no hope. And now, but I, I'll always remember you with fondness mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, do a Christmas card or something, I don't know. but. Put it in a sandwich, deliver it with warmth, but make it clear. I agree. It's the humane, dignified thing to do. Truth, well, honesty. All, all the sandwich talk is making it's hard, me hungry. But... So it's time to wrap the show up. Stop. I, unfortunately, it is. No, so I, I refuse. Well, the therapist is. She only has fifty over. minutes. <laughs> yes, it's a fifty-minute hour. And that'll hour. be two hundred and fifty dollars. That's correct. Jenny, please let our listeners know where they can find you. You can find me at Jenny, T-E-G, that's J-E-N-N-Y-T-E-G dot com. Much Let's easier see. than pronouncing your name. To Hoyton House. I, How was that? That's great. Uh, yeah. Just whatever you do, just call her. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jenny. And, Jenny, you've been fantastic. How much do we owe you? Can I tell about my book or are we yes, all Yes, of course. Talk. Okay, I've got a book, what? and this is a book on boundaries. It's called Draw the Line with the One You Love. Set a boundary to strengthen your bond because telling the truth actually increases intimacy and strengthens our connection. But a lot of people don't know how to do it, and life is hard. And so this is about a lot of those hard things that happen where we need a, we need a limit and uh, how to get that without maybe losing your whole relationship and maybe even making it better. Mm. I'm going to give your, a coupon to your listeners if they would like my book. That'd be great. Yeah, your coupon code is DBS, that's for done being single, 101. Love that. And they can great. find that where? That's on my website. It's J-E-N-N-Y-T-E-G dot com. Excellent. All right, Jenny. Thank you for that. You're super cool. Too bad you don't live in L.A. But that doesn't matter because no, you're you are she, to all. She lives in Eastern you're Washington worldwide. State. She's great. She's yeah, great. Well, over here in Eastern Washington. It's more fun to see people from all over the world too. Right. I love it here, but it's fun. So I will connect with people by distance. Excellent. Yeah, that's the way it's done these days. Thank you, Jenny. We are done being single. Yes, we are. Hopefully, everyone else is too. I love you, honey. And please follow us everywhere at Done Being Single. And subscribe 
so you get our shows without having to lift a finger. Oh, write us a little review. Lift your finger lift and write finger. us a review. And then finally, uh, if you're interested in some personal coaching, you can find out more about me because this is this is my shit. This is my jam at trevabrandonsharf.com. Okay? Excellent. trevabrandonsharf.com. Thanks again, Jenny. Everybody have a great week, and we will be back next week. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Trevor. You got it. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.